Welcome back to the Talk Down Syndrome podcast. I am your host, Chantel Holm. And I actually did this episode a little bit differently, music-wise, because I was actually, okay, I never go back. I never listen to any episodes, but for once I did. And I was like, okay, I'm getting bored of this music. I'm getting bored of this intro. I need to like switch it up, okay? And we need something a little bit more upbeat, something fun. So I hope you enjoyed the music that I picked out. I'm trying to like liven it up a little bit because to me, it sounds a little bit dull, but um, to you guys, if you like it, thank you. But um, yeah, let's try to switch it up. I mean, it's it's a new year kind of, we're like in April, so it's time to kind of wake up a little bit. So I hope you like the intro. I just got back from this amazing conference, you guys. Dear Mom Conference in Laguna Beach, California. It was so much fun. If you guys went to the conference, I know you guys enjoyed it too. Everybody had a great time. A little bit about the Dear Mom. It is a conference. I don't know if it is in California every year because I think I saw on the website that the next one may be in Utah. But you can Google Dear Mom Conference, and it is a bunch of amazing, badass moms that have children with Down syndrome. There are some moms that had a dual diagnosis of autism and Down syndrome. There were some moms that had children that just beat cancer. It was basically just a big-ass conference full of amazing women, speakers, guests, uh, for us moms. And it was so much fun. I... It was the best getaway to relieve your, you know, your daily stress, your weekly stress for just one day to go out and hang out with these women and, you know, be a part of your clique. The women that know what you're going through, the women that have been in your shoes before, some women who walk a different journey with their children, but yet, you know, you can still have conversations about special needs and being a special needs mom and, fighting, um, you know, adversity and going through the school system, like all that, all of it. Um, there were moms that adopted children as well that had Down syndrome or other special needs. And it was just, it was so much fun. It was a full day conference. If you have not heard about it, I suggest going to Dear Mom Conference um, online and reading about it and signing up or seeing when the next one is. Um Another one that I didn't hear about, I just heard about it recently, was the Rockin' Moms Conference, and I think it's in Washington next month. I can't go, unfortunately. Um, Actually, it's in September. I cannot go, unfortunately, but is it in September? Yeah, I think it is, but um, I heard that one was really good, too. So, yes, thank you for Amy for, you know, she's the one who put together, Amy Armorado, she's the one who put together the Dear Mom Conference thank you so much. We needed that. You don't even know. (laughs) We needed that. And I don't know who puts together the Rockin' Mom Conference. I still have to look that up. But um, if you want to check out those, check them out online. So much fun. So our next guest, um, her name is Vanessa. I actually met her at the Dear Mom Conference. And I will let her pretty much introduce herself. But this is how amazing it is. The next like four to five interviews coming up on the podcast are all people I met at the conference. So I'm, I'm glad to be able to network with them and have them on the podcast and share their story and, you know, let everybody know who they are and their journey. So you guys can listen to it too and, and get your support through this um, podcast. So anyways, um, let's get right to it. Let me get Vanessa on the phone and, um, I'm going to cut to a little break right now, and we'll be right back. Welcome to the Talk Down Syndrome podcast. Okay, you guys, welcome back to the podcast. I have with me Vanessa Della Garza. She is for, from Amorcita Clothing. I met her at the Dear Mom Conference. 
Her clothes are amazing. They're so cute. And if you guys obviously follow my regular page, you know that I'm all about tattoos. I love tattoo art. I love urban art. And I love the fact that her clothing matched that. And I mean, I bought a shirt right away and I pretty sure that I'm going to buy the rest of the family shirts because I want to use her clothes in my Christmas photos. So for this year, but, um, I have Vanessa on the phone. So welcome Vanessa to the talk down syndrome podcast. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm so honored to have been invited to to share our story on how our business was started. And yeah, I'm just super excited to be here. I'm so glad that you got you agreed to come on. Um, so yeah, me and Vanessa met. I was walking around at the conference and she had a booth there, a vendor booth, and uh, Amorcita Clothing is based off of your daughter, right? You have a daughter with Down syndrome. Yes. So she, it's based off of her daughter, Amor. And Vanessa, tell us a little bit about yourself and your daughter. Yeah, so um, again, obviously my name is Vanessa. I am 28 and I've lived in Southern California my entire life. I'm married to my husband. I've been with him uh, since I was 15. <laughs> He's my first boyfriend mm-hmm. that I ever had and we basically got married like right away. Um, so we have two beautiful children, our firstborn, her name is Amor and she's four years old and she happens to rock an extra chromosome. And then, um, we have a two year old son, um, Elias and he is, he does not have Down syndrome. Um, and so, yeah, we have obviously like a family of four plus three dogs (laughs) and, uh, yeah, we're based out of Temecula and, um, basically the inspiration behind Amorcita is, the journey of being a special needs parent and creating um, really fun, stylish clothing that empowers primarily like primarily my brand is based off of like a mom's journey because I'm a mother and I'm like the primary person who's running this business. Mm-hmm. Um, but we also make, you know, advocation clothing for dads and we can customize it for, you know, if you're an aunt and uncle or, you know, a grandparent, like we can change the designs to customize the person who wants to advocate because the more the merrier, you know, the more people that are wanting to get out there and spread, you know, inclusion and love and advocate for people with social needs or disabilities, um, you know, the better. We don't want to just, you know, just have it for only one type of person. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I think is our brand, like that little edge, is that we are incorporating a West Coast, more Latin-styled uh, advocation clothing. Um, for me, when I got my daughter's diagnosis, it was a birth diagnosis. Mm -hmm. So um, it came as a really big surprise for my husband and I. And to be honest, it was really devastating for us in the beginning. Uh, We struggled for several years to conceive. I have a condition which makes it really hard for me to get pregnant. And so um, when we finally conceived with her, it was like, oh my gosh, like our dreams are coming true. We're so excited to have a baby. And, you know, it took about three and a half, almost four years to actually get pregnant. Um, and yeah, I didn't know like my entire pregnancy. It was just, you know, like a typical pregnancy. I've never felt more beautiful. And I was just so excited for like that aha euphoric moment mm-hmm. when like that I saw throughout my entire life and watching like videos online of just like seeing these moms like hold their baby and just cry and just like the bit like just to experience that moment you know and like just imagining that my entire life and so when she was born I didn't have that and yeah. it was really hard to it's even hard today to like look back at the pictures of mm-hmm. me like holding her for the first time because you can see it on my face. Like I'm absolutely terrified. I'm just like, whose baby is this? Like yeah. this ain't my baby. Like yeah, I know. She, I why feel does you. Look like this, you know. <laughs> yeah. So um, anyway, uh, you know, we didn't know until she was actually two weeks old. We didn't get a confirmation that she actually had Down syndrome. But the second I saw her, I was like, Why does she look like she has Down syndrome? And Did, I was were you already? Were you already familiar with Down syndrome? No. That's why I think it's so bizarre, girl, because I have never really 
prior to my daughter, like, I don't even feel like I ever even met somebody with Down syndrome. So I'm assuming it's at some point in my life, I've obviously just like seen something on the TV or like heard about Down syndrome, but I've never actually like personally known someone or I think even encountered somebody with Down syndrome that like, I would have been like, this is Down syndrome. Yeah. Um, but I will say like the week that she was born, like a couple, like during that same week, I was actually on Facebook and a video had popped up for me. Um, and it was a man with Down syndrome. I can't remember his name. He's really well known in the Down syndrome community. Um, he was actually speaking before I believe Congress and he was talking about how, you know, his life matters and that people with Down syndrome can go on and do amazing things. But even if they don't go and do like all these crazy grand productive things in society, like their life is still worth living and that they still matter as a human your mm. your worth is not measured by your productivity or contribution to society you just mm. matter as a person because god created you and in his image and that is just you are just supposed to be worth li- that life and i just thought that was just it literally just made me so like whoa I didn't, I, it's horrible. I feel bad to say that, but at the time I was like, I did not even know that people with Down syndrome could talk. Like, yeah. like so are, you have all these you know like I mean? things like, in your that, head. That magnitude, no, like, I totally, Congress, I feel you know? what you're saying because I feel what you're saying because we got a birth diagnosis and when they told us in my head, I was thinking my daughter would basically be on life support. Like, it was just like, like, which we know now that is a hundred percent false. Like that is like a wild to even think of that. I mean, there are probably some children out there that have health conditions like that, but like just to automatically assume that's what your life is going to be like is exactly. So, um, so how old your daughter, she's four years old, right? Um, that, so you had no experience with down syndrome. I, I completely feel the way that you felt. Um, how was it when you first met her? Was it hard to connect with her at first? It was hard. like, And it's even hard to this day to go back to that place mentally. And I just, I, I feel so much guilt that I'm working through. Um, when I think back on the day she was born, because I was, I was afraid of her. You know, mm-hmm. I was just like, I felt like I was living like outside of like I was having an outer body experience. Like I was watching a movie that I like, this isn't my life. Like Mm -hmm. where like any second now they're going to say, just kidding and Mm -hmm. roll in baby that I envisioned in my mind since I was a little girl. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I just, I, I, your mom instinct is just so strong. And I'm just like such a huge advocate for like trusting your mom gut because I just knew like, when they gave her to me, I just instantly was like, something's different. Like this, yeah. and at the time to me it was something's wrong. Obviously I know now there's nothing wrong with her, but yeah. at the time I was like, something is wrong. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking like, why does she look like she has Down syndrome? And then I was like, hold on, why would she even think that Vanessa? Like, like, no, this is, that would never be my life. Like mm-hmm. you've done, you know, all your anatomy scans, you've, you, you know, like there's no way that this would be happening right now. Like you're going to have the perfect child, the perfect birth and the perfect life. This it's not going to happen. And so I was almost like, I had a C-section with her. So I was thinking maybe it's just like, cause I'm strapped down to the table and the angle's kind of weird and maybe she's swollen. And I'm just trying to like, you know, justify like mm-hmm. why I would initially have that first thought about her, you know, and it, and it broke my heart, girl. Like it totally broke my heart that that was my first thought about her. Yeah. when I didn't know and I was like if she doesn't have Down syndrome I'm like I'm gonna feel really bad that I like already like judging her appearance and thinking like negative things about her but I was like but only if she doesn't have Down syndrome then I'm gonna feel bad and obviously this is my mindset back then before I was educated and I understand and I see what a blessing Down syndrome is like in my life or in our life um, and so I just kind of kept waiting for the doctors to say something like waiting for my husband and like, girl, nobody said anything. Really? And then when I, yeah, like nothing at all. And I was like, okay, maybe I'm just tripping. Like, did she have I'm any, just, like, um, did oh, she have the medication? I don't know. <laughs> well, I was like, something's all right. <laughs> well, did she have any, um, medical conditions when she came out? Cause, uh, since it was a C-section is probably a lot easier than mm-hmm. pushing her out. So was there any kind of like, um, like breathing issues, heart issues, anything like that? 
yeah, she had nothing at all, which was um, really, like, interesting, obviously, knowing now that, like, you know, 50% of people with Down syndrome have a heart condition. Um, when she first came out, the only thing I thought was strange was, obviously, I was a first-time mom, but I was like, uh, is she okay? Like, why isn't she crying? Mm-hmm. And um, she just, like, barely cried, girl. And I was like, I know I'm a first-time mom, but babies <laughs> usually cry. Like, yeah. I was like, maybe she's just, like, maybe a quiet baby but I just thought that was so bizarre and then obviously when I was in the recovery room for about two hours my husband and I had alone time with her before like we went to our postpartum room and like you know family was gonna come and visit um I just kept asking him like does she look okay does she look okay and like asking the nurses like does she look okay because I couldn't bring myself to ask do y'all think she has down syndrome like yeah you know what I mean like and then be like girl you tripping like you know what I mean yeah. so I was like I don't know like Maybe I'm tripping. And then, like, I couldn't, like, she hurt, like, it was almost like the different angles of her face. Like, I would see it, and then I wouldn't see it. And it was like when she would squint her eyes, it was like, there it is. There it is. Like, <laughs> You're there. All like, there it you is. Know? I see it. You know what? You know what um, well, babies, they, when they come out, they all look like little baby aliens. Okay. Right? So they don't really, <laughs> they don't really form their face until like a few months, you know, and then you yeah. get to see like the real features that come out. So it's, I can, but so she was your first child and that being your very first labor experience, um, well, yeah, very first labor experience as a brand new mom, how did that affect you when you decided to have your second child? Did you feel like, did you want to be more, um, like cautious and take all the tests or were you nervous or how, how did you feel in that, in that aspect? You know, I was I was very nervous with my son. As much of a an amazing experience and joy that my daughter has brought to our life, her birth story and just everything that went down during our hospital stay. Because eventually, she did go to the NICU, and we were there for a couple of days. And you know, talks of Down syndrome did arise. It was mm-hmm. absolutely devastating. Like mm-hmm. I literally, like it felt like somebody died, and it yeah. was just such a hard place to be in of like wanting to you know like obviously you know like you're a mother and like you love your child but like you're also like you don't want this to be your life and you don't want that to be a reality and you you just want the child that you thought you were going to have you know and it's just like it was just really a very traumatic experience especially as a first-time mom and I had a c-section so physically I was in a lot of pain and I think the emotional trauma of it was just adding to the physical pain so I harbored a lot of trauma in my body I like literally it took me quite some time for me to like really process it and get over it and I initially started a blog um for the first year of her life and I was documenting like everything I was going through and my emotions so when it came time to having my son I it wasn't that I was like afraid of having another child with down syndrome it was just more like I'm afraid of like him being like not healthy you know because once you learn that down syndrome is honestly so amazing and like it's not the worst thing in the world that could happen you but you appreciate like it's the health aspects that are very scary you know and that's whether you have a child with special needs down syndrome or any type of genetic condition or not or they you know like anytime your child is sick or has a medical condition going on it's, it's terrifying and you just you sleep over it and you just want the best for your children. And so for me, it was more like, obviously I want to make sure that he doesn't have that, that if he does have down syndrome, he's healthy. That we're prepared yeah. for it because with her, we weren't prepared. And I feel like that's why she almost died. Yeah. Um, within a couple hours of being born and that whole experience of literally thinking that she was dead mm-hmm. um, oh and not knowing because I couldn't go to the NICU. And then my husband forgot his phone. So I didn't know for hours what was going on. Like that uh. experience Traumatic. You were bringing like me back. Out. You're totally bringing me back to my labor experience. Yeah. <laughs> no, I feel you. It's scary. It's so uh-huh. scary. And I remember, you know, what you said is you're like, this isn't my life. I, mm-hmm. I definitely can sympathize with you because I was the same way. I'm like, this can, like, did I get punished by God? And mm-hmm. I remember when I would, when we were at the conference this past um, weekend, I remember saying um, to everybody, like, I hate that I spent so much time sad because like, like you, you know, I felt the same way. And I'm like, gosh, I wish I could go back and like, just 
like oh, I wish, my, yeah, yeah, like my, my future girl. self, like calm down, you're gonna be fine. This is great. Like be happy. Exactly. Um, exactly. So I mean, it's safe to say that Amore is your inspiration for your clothing line. Definitely. And um, so when you just des- when did you decide that you wanted to start this clothing brand? So I decided that I wanted to start making clothing for special needs parents, primarily for us mamas. Um, well, I, it, and honestly, I feel like it first kind of manifested itself itself when I started to share um, like my birth story and just my my journey as a, as a new mom with a child down syndrome through my blog. I had that for about a year and that's kind of like where I think like those first little, like that inspiration of creating and telling a story and advocating, like that's where it all stemmed from. But, um, I think like for me, the first true moment honestly was I went to the dear mom conference and I was just so inspired by all of the women speaking on the stage. And this was the very first dear mom conference that they ever held. It was in a much smaller location in Laguna. At the time we lived in orange County. We were already plugged in, in the Laguna community because I was driving a more to Laguna beach, like I think twice a week Mm -hmm. for an early intervention program through um, ICEC. Um, And, I just like, I was like, okay, I'll go. Um, honestly, my cousin, actually, <laughs> my cousin, um, her name is Brianna. If she hears this, um, <laughs> I just want to give her a shout out because she was my advocate before I ever became an advocate. Oh, go Brianna. She, yes, girl. <laughs> she's like been all about Down syndrome. And Aww. it's just so crazy because like she does, she's never really known anybody, but she is a teacher and she works with children with special needs Aww. as well. And I remember having a conversation with her during that two-week waiting period before we found out from the time she was born to the time that she received, that we got her diagnosis for sure confirmed. Mm-hmm. I was talking to her on the phone and I was walking around, I think I was walking around like a thrift shop with a more in, in my little like, you know, uh, postpartum carrier thing <laughs> like wrapped on my chest. Mm-hmm. And I'm just looking at her, loving on her, but I'm like, I'm so scared. Like I'm like every day I'm calling the hospital to get the genetics department to find out like if she has down syndrome and it's like at the time i was like i don't think she does because i've been googling which i'm not supposed to do yeah all the different markers you Mm -hmm. know and um she was like well ness i gotta say like i know you don't want that to happen but she's like i'm not gonna be mad if she does and i'm sorry to tell you that but i'm like low-key like fingers crossed <laughs> and i was like why would you say that she's like girl like you don't even know like what a blessing this is going to be and she was like i know i'm trying to be sensitive to the fact that, like obviously for you like you're not ready for that and you don't want that but she was like i'm not mad about this yeah. like, i'm low-key freaking out and fingers crossed she's like and i'm she's ruining like, on the opposite team yeah. girlfriend <laughs> Um, so she so obviously when I found out that she did I was really really sad and it just was like but also I found peace and like knowing that like okay we have an answer I think living in like this you know like half in half out like what life are we living and what is does she have it or not like like that was more torture than anything for two weeks um so she told me like hey I follow you know um these I told her like you know, I know you mentioned that you follow certain people on Instagram that will give me a better idea of like what life is really like. And so that's when she sent me, you know, nothing down about it with mm-hmm. Oakley's page. She sent me um, Heather Avis, uh, the lucky few. Uh, at the time, it was Macy Makes My Day. Mm-hmm. Uh, she lent me the book, The Lucky Few, and she just really like sent me all of wow. like, you know, I guess I guess you would say like the celebrities of the Down Syndrome yeah. community. Uh, she sent me all of their profiles and it was like that really started to heal me and be like wow like this their life is so normal and like their kids are so freaking amazing and like that I don't like why does no one see this why does no one see how beautiful and normal life is like it's not this horrible thing and I feel like that is where we're failing as, as a society as a whole is that we just write special needs parents off and write people with disabilities and special needs off that like they're miserable and their life is bad. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying it's easy, but life is easy in general, girl. Like, yeah. Life is hard no matter what. Like, Amen. Hard, you know? Yeah. So, you know what? That's so true because I mean, we, me and you both felt that way at first until, and it's this thing, we don't know it until we're in it. And the reverse of that is I wish that people that are not in it, that do not have children with special needs know it too. 
Like that's kind of the point where, and I remember, you know, saying, I wish I, I can never, I remember saying this. I remember I actually interviewed with Heather, Heather Avis and we were talking uh-huh. about the podcast and I yeah. remember telling her, I love this podcast so much. I cannot imagine myself never not doing it. And For then sure. it wasn't until like after the episode was done recording, I was thinking, wait a minute, I don't want to have to do this my whole life. I love the podcast, but I don't want to have to sit here and try to advocate all the time. When is the world going to wake up a little bit and be like, oh, oh my God, and accept people with autism, Down syndrome, cerebral palsy, all special needs, people in wheelchairs, people without legs, you know, like, and it is slowly, I could see it slowly getting there. But when is everybody going to have a birth diagnosis or, and then be happy about it? And be told congratulations. And be told congratulations (laughs) and be, and be given the right information and not like not be quiet about it or not feel awkward. You know, like that, that's the world that we're all trying to get into where, you know, like you, I, I had a friend who was pregnant and I was like, like you're like Brianna low key, like, Oh, I hope this person has, I hope she has down to, because I swear to God, she's going to be like, so happy. Like, you know, and, um, to believe like that some people don't would not choose that like as, as in like termination. And it's sad that like doctors are like so pushy when it comes mm-hmm. to that. It's like, so you wouldn't do this for anything else, but you're doing it for down syndrome. Like that's just so hurtful because that's basically telling pe- parents that, that don't even have a chance to understand. Like, I can't even imagine like my daughter, do- my daughter's life being ended because mm-hmm her her value and the perception of a doctor or anybody else when it's like you miss out on like the blessing of what this brings into life and at the end of the day like a life matters you know regardless Mm -hmm. of your position on on that subject like life matters you know and to 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 terminate a pregnancy because of that diagnosis it's wrong and it's hurtful and to know that in other countries like they're working on completely eradicating something that's like so beautiful and misunderstood and so that i think is like the inspiration for all of us moms who have kids with down syndrome is shifting that narrative for existing parents with down syndrome whether they're you know already born or they're currently pregnant or for the future parents because Mm -hmm. i feel like for me had i had an accurate um depiction of what down syndrome was as a child having like probably an inclusive classroom and Mm -hmm. never having been segregated through the special needs um classes and having an accurate like relationship like how sad like i never even had a relationship or met somebody with down syndrome in my almost 29 years of life and even when you look back at when you when i went to school like back in junior high and high school like the the memories of that i don't remember even having a person with disabilities or special needs in our classroom. I know. And we, and we never even got to go to their classroom. It was like a division. And then when we would, mm-hmm. when you'd see them out on like the quad or out inside of school, you would just kind of be like, oh, that sucks. Or you would feel sad or bad for them without even yeah. like going and talking to, to anybody and trying to like be a friend, you know? Exactly. It was like, it was like almost taboo. Like yeah. they were like, they were different than us. They're separated. You don't go to their classroom. They don't come to like, and it's really weird as an adult to mm-hmm. think like that's normal. Like that's yeah. like you guys, like we don't want to do colorism and separate based off of our, the color of our skin or our race. Why are we doing this based off mm-hmm. someone's cognitive abilities like yeah. or physical ability? Like that's wrong. We all desire to feel included and we all need basic things, love, inclusion, understanding, education, food, you know, water. Like these are all basic <laughs> yeah. things. Like why were, why are we separating? I understand people, you know, need more help, but like, they don't need to be completely, I, my sense is that they do not need to be completely separated. And that's what breaks my heart is that like people who don't have social needs are missing out on the opportunities of learning and being more compassionate people and having a better understanding of people that are different from you and the beauty in that. And so I think for me, like had I had those experiences, it may have been, I don't know, but it may have been less scary and less traumatic for Mm -hmm. me to have a child with Down syndrome in the beginning because I would have been educated and understand that this is actually not as bad as I'm thinking it is. And even if it is, like, 
life is hard no matter what. And like, you're going to get through difficult times, but like there's a blessing in every situation. And so that is, I feel like kind of like the metaphor of, of having someone with Down syndrome in your life is literally like learning how to grow through things that you, that are unexpected and that you may think are bad, but they're so beautiful and they're actually the biggest blessing that you could ever you could never even comprehend the magnitude of that blessing in your life. So I think for me, that is why that, that truly is why I'm, I've made my clothing brand is because not only do I want to empower moms who are in it right now and they want to have like a little spicy little don't mess with mama. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) Don't don't mess with my children. Like Uh that whole, you know, vibe, but also for people who are not, aware or educated that they can see at least through our social media account that like this is nothing to be afraid of and Mm -hmm. that this is it's actually way cooler to be kind and way cooler to be loving and Mm -hmm. inclusive than to be a hater and to be mean and to make fun of people with disabilities and to just like the educate like there's just you people such with social media like you just learn so much like I learn so much stuff from TikTok every day girl I'm like why did I not know <laughs> like that this that this home appliance had this function on it like, <laughs> from so TikTok so, you know, and like, that's so, what our kids are watching our kids are watching exactly. TikTok they are on exactly. YouTube so that's where you that's where you got to go and that's it's to if you want to target children you would uh-huh. go to TikTok but it should really start in the home. And Mm -hmm. I mean, I know my daughter, I can't get her away from freaking roadblocks and all that stuff. (laughs) But I mean, like, of course, we teach our oldest that, but we also have another daughter with special needs. But how do I teach the next door neighbors who don't have a special needs child or individual in their house? How do I I teach them? How do we come together to teach those those houses that don't have that rooted in? Mm -hmm. And um. And that's great that your clothing line is out there promoting that on social media. I mean, just wearing, I mean, when I wore the shirt the other day to the gym and it's like just wearing a shirt that says down syndrome is beautiful or having a sticker on the back of your car. Those are little Mm -hmm. ways that, you know, can make, start those conversations with other people. Like Mm -hmm. what's down syndrome, you know? And yeah, but, um, that is, I like the fact that your clothing company actually doesn't just talk about down syndrome. You have shirts for, family members that have a loved one with autism or those that are nonverbal and it's you're having different avenues to touch every person. You're not just focused on one diagnosis, which is amazing too. I love that. Um, So going forward, where do you see your clothing company? Like what is your goals for this company besides just reaching us warrior moms and, you know, or not just moms, um, dads and aunts, uncles, grandmas, grandpas, but where else, where else do you see this in like five to 10 years? Oh, girl, I have so many freaking dreams for this business. Um, Long term, I, I would hope to be big enough to have opportunities to employ uh, people like my daughter. Yeah. I would love to be able to have multiple locations. I've got big dreams to like have a warehouse and have storefronts and to make inclusive clothing, not just like a taboo thing that like anybody would be down to rock, you know? Yeah. And um, I would love to leave a legacy behind for my children, um, especially for my daughter, that she would be able to have a say in our designs and our business and even help create them that she would be able to earn an income one day if that's something that she wishes to do mm-hmm. that she would be able to have the opportunity because we know that people with social needs or disabilities are not always given equal pay and yeah. given equal job opportunities and I want to change that and there's actually um there's several businesses that have started to do that like I think it's like coffee places and things like that that yeah. are specifically employing people with social needs or disabilities and I think that's so beautiful and so inspiring and it's making a difference in their lives like truly making a difference in their lives especially if they want are wanting to live a more independent life mm-hmm. um I know that I I don't know what my how my daughter will be I don't she's still really young so I don't know if she's going to be you know, like the people that spoke at the Dear Mom conference who are public speakers and on reality TV shows. I mean, that's obviously like 
that's a dream for I think any parent with a child with special needs like you want them to be living to their fullest potential but that you are placing on them though not that like maybe their fullest potential is living with their parents and you know not ever having a job but just being happy like that could be their fullest potential and that's that's totally fine too but but obviously like I got so emotional when I saw Megan speaking because when she was thanking her mom, I totally started bawling my eyes because <laughs> I had this vision of like my daughter mm-hmm. one day speaking possibly at the Dear Mom conference or at, or being a public speaker and saying like, thank you to my mom for creating this brand that was named after me. And now I have a, an opportunity to make an income and also help hire other people with Down syndrome or hire mm-hmm. people with special needs or cognitive delays or disabilities that they would have an opportunity through Amarcita, whether it's through packaging or helping with customer service, things like yeah. that, you know, like that's just like, that's like the biggest aspect of that goal. I think would be able to like bless other people, whether they have social needs or not, even to be able to bless like my own family, my mm-hmm. own family and friends that like maybe want like a positive work environment, you know? Yeah. Um, so I would say five to 10 years from now, like I would think five years would be awesome just to be big enough to like, even just open up like a small warehouse and a storefront, like in our yeah. local town. And you should do pop-ups at the, okay. I'm all, I'm all over here. I'm over your business <laughs> thinking for you. I, Cause I just, I, I know, know some people do pop-ups like at malls and stuff. They have like a little table out. Like oh, yeah. malls that are out on the outside, like Victoria Gardens and stuff. Okay. Uh huh. Yeah. Sorry. I'm just, I'm over oh, here. Like, fine, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like your PR. I'm like, hey, what can she do? I know. She like, do this. Do this. <laughs> do that. I know. Well, we actually do have a pop up at, um, on, I believe it's May 7th. I think it's Mother's Day on May 8th. It's, eight, it's yeah. the day, yeah, it's the day before Mother's Day. It's like called Mama's Market and it's, and it's here in Temecula at the Promenade Mall and it's like a huge, like, like the whole area is blocked off with all different vendors. So we actually are Ooh. starting to do more pop-ups and girl, they're really hard though for us yeah. to like schedule because we're so busy online and the growth has just been so amazing. Like literally I think like in the last like seven to eight months, like it's really started to take off, you know, yes. and we're almost two years. in. so I'm so thankful to have to be able to say that, yeah. uh, but it's a lot as, you know, one person and I've got two kids and mm. girl, like I literally don't sleep. No, <laughs> so I understand. I really, you but know, you so. know what? That is just so good that you guys are doing so well and you're so successful. <laughs> and I love, I love your goals. And I want, yeah. I want to walk through a mall and see old Navy and then you know how you see like those other clothing stores that are a little bit, um, they're not like big as old Navy, but like, yeah, we would buy our clothes at. There should be mm-hmm. like a clothing store like that that has exactly. clothes for autism, special needs, um, mm-hmm. everything, not just even toddler clothes and baby clothes. Because- yeah. Well, you know, you go to like Target and you walk in and you'll see something that's like celebrating Pride Month or you'll see something yeah. that's like celebrating like Black History Month. Like, where is like the representation for like special needs? Yeah. And like, there's a lack of that. Like, I just feel like it's constantly like on the last like on the back burner for everything and I just like I want to make it more mainstream because you could just be someone maybe you don't even know anybody with social needs but you just like like the movement like my mom was telling me like you think everybody that wears like curly surfs you know like or things like that like so you don't have to be like a specific type of person to like a vibe and a style and for me like I felt like like, I really wanted to wear education clothing, like, when she was born, because that's, like, I feel like such a way for you to just, like, put it out there, like, you're not ashamed, and you're proud, and, like, you want people to know, and, like, truly, like, shouting your child's worth, because mm-hmm. people need to know, like, y'all, we had it wrong, like, this stuff is amazing, like, yeah. this is an amazing, beautiful journey, but, girl, I, like, I just could not find anything that was, like, my vibe personally well no because when I like that's what drew me to your booth because I mean looking at clothes you could go on Etsy you can go to different websites they're all cute they're all like they have cute clothes for kids and adults but I mean like I said earlier I like I'm in that like tattoo (laughs) culture (laughs) I've lived in the hood I live in San Bernardino <laughs> yeah, like okay, so I love the fact that your style had old, old English, that had the roses, that had like that, like you said, that West that Latin style. style. Yes, yeah. and so I'm like, oh hell yeah, I can rock this, and then and, and like it not just be like just regular calligraphy. It's just actually like something that fits me, you know. Exactly. So um, 
that is what popped out to me. And I think that is why everybody is drawn to you. Cause I even went to the gym and my coworker or my coworker, my gym buddy, she, her um, son has autism. And so I was telling her, girl, look, I found this. Um, I met this girl at the Dear Mom conference. Like I sent her your Instagram and we were talking about it last night when we were at. The- so it's just like, I love it. I, I love well, you. And, Come on. And I, well, I'm so thankful for the support. And that for me, like also like in like Latina or Latin communities, like it's still very taboo and mm-hmm. um look down upon to have a child with social needs and it's almost like you're just like you don't talk about it like you don't talk about it and okay i'm you know, literally gonna say you don't talk about fruit why did i have that song in my head all day i'm so sorry to like sorry oh, i had that song in my head or in my head all day I'm okay. i know girl we have it bundled like on repeat in the house too like, <gasps> oh, like the kids love that song you're like um, oh, okay I know, but no, for real though, like in like Latin culture, like in a, in a honesty, even like someone was telling me like in Asian culture, like in a lot of, um, you know, non, you know, white culture, mm-hmm. um, there is a lot, like a huge shame that gets carried with having a child with special needs. I remember at the Dear Mom conference, one of the moms, I think she was Vietnamese, I can't remember, yeah. but she was saying like that she literally would feel like her family would like kill her kid. if like if they were left alone with her like that is how shameful in certain cultures having a child with social needs is and that's absolutely disgusting and it's devastating to even know that you had would have to have that fear as a mother for your child Mm -hmm. and I think we all kind of carry a little bit of that fear like for me like to send a more to school is like scary for me because one she's not gonna tell me like what if someone does something to her you know like it's really scary to have to send, and you you see on the news of online, like teachers hitting a kids or a doing something that freaking beat a child with autism. Like, why yeah. would I want to send my child I to know. a place where they can't tell me if someone's abusing them? So, I know that's like going down like a whole different thing. No, I no but, no, it's not because um, she's four years old. My daughter's three and a half. They're yeah. like a little bit like months apart. So I have my daughter in school, and I have to pick up on her cues of like who she doesn't want to hold her, who, when she cries, there was points in when she was uh, like two and a half where she didn't like a teacher. She kept crying every time I tried to hand her to her and like, and she's, she can speak not, she speaks well, but not well enough to tell me exactly what's wrong. So I understand that. And, And you have to like, literally just like grab everything you can and sometimes you think am i crazy like you know like, like am i suffering am I, right am, now yeah no you think like, like am i being too exaggerating and stuff but really at, when you have your guard up when you have a child that has needs like this you have your guard up who who mm-hmm. can i trust around this person and about the culture that's i was talking to one of the speakers there as well um mm-hmm. she kelly she was telling me that in the black community that it is also shameful. People are not supposed to celebrate it. And I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not Hispanic, but I'm Native American. I don't yeah. know anybody in, in my tribe or in, in the Native American community that has children with special needs. I really don't. I'm yeah. like, where is everybody at? And are you guys hiding your children? Like, and that's probably what's going yeah. on is that people have that shame. I know. I feel like in a way, um, very much how, like, back in the day, like, it was, like, you would be persecuted for being, you know, gay or, or something mm-hmm. like that. I hope that one day having a child with special needs will be more widely accepted how, like, right now, like, current day, like, you know, that people aren't, like, being as discriminated against as they were back then, like, where people were literally being, like, freaking killed in the streets for celebrating, like, being you know for their sexual orientation and i you know now like it's almost like oh okay like you're gay whatever you know so i just mm-hmm. kind of feel like i hope that one day like when someone has a child with special needs that they're just like oh okay like that's just that's whatever like you're still a person like you still deserve respect and love you know like mm-hmm. i hope that like as the years go on and we've already made it we've already made strides i mean it's crazy to think like what 50 years ago that like you had a baby with down syndrome straight to the institution like yeah. what like, what what person whether they have social needs or not would would thrive in a in a box yeah with no love or no interaction no nurturing so i feel that you know and we know like there have been huge strides that have been made and that you know it's getting better but our working done girl we got a lot 
and, and I, so that's why you know doing the, this and things have been school. um since since yeah since children are placed in institutions till now of course there's been way more acceptance obviously but we there is such a long road still ahead of us and like i said I said I wanted to do this podcast forever, but then I'm like, no, I don't. And I'm sure that you love your clothing company, but you also want to you you want your clothing company to be in a world where it is right there at the next in the mall. It is right mm-hmm. there where everybody's like, cool, like I want that shirt, and not even have a child with special needs, just want it. Yeah. And have a friend, you know. It's just when is that going to happen? Yeah. Like we're in 2022 already. <laughs> like, I know, but I feel like for me, like. So, like, just touching back on, like, the whole, like, the style of it and obviously, like, the cultural aspect of, like, what we're doing and, like, bringing that representation to a community. And I can only go based off of the community that, like, my husband and I are are from. You know, he's Mm -hmm. full Mexican. I'm half Mexican. And it's just, like, you know that culturally it's something that is kind of sh- is shameful and it's not talked about and I uh, girl I can't even tell you like how many emails dms that I get per day that are like you literally are helping me to like not want to kill myself yeah. because mm-hmm. I have absolutely no support from anybody and it's just like to, it's like mm-hmm. oh my gosh like how do you not mm-hmm. that just holds so much weight for me to know that like I'm making a difference for somebody who feels completely alone and like sharing resources. Like some people don't even know that there are programs out there to help you with your child. Like I've gotten so many messages about IHSS that you can get compensated, compensated because your child's needs are so great that you need financial compensation so that you can stay home with them and keep them safe or hire a provider to do that. And that you can go work. Like Mm -hmm. people don't even know that that's an option. And it's not being shared with parents. Like, oh, you have a baby with Down syndrome or autism or whatever? Here, like, boom, boom, boom. This, this, and this. Get them in this. Get them in this. Get them in this. You're you're eligible for X, Y, and Z. And if you're not eligible, there's a form that you can get that's going to make you eligible. Like, there's so many loopholes and opportunities and programs out there to to provide that support. But it's like social workers don't want you to know. The state don't really want you to know because they don't want to – they don't really want to do that for you. It's there, but they don't want it to be available that that openly available to give that support to parents and especially I feel like in the Latin community especially if there's a language barrier mm-hmm. and there's not support from the family and they almost feel ashamed to ask for help because I've gotten that a lot like they're ashamed to ask like their parents would shame them for seeking financial assistance mm-hmm. for their child because of their needs it's like no you're not being a, you're not just like oh I want to be on welfare no like you're literally like your child is a constant threat to themselves and mm-hmm. because of that like you need to be home with them 24 24- seven to keep them safe and you cannot work a full-time job because of like people don't know that 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 that, that is out there you know and that's, that's really sad it's true because i just had that conversation with my coworker. she has mm-hmm. uh, a friend that lives in the high desert um which is victorville california and they she's like her, the mom stays home. She's like, my friend stays home, but she doesn't like have any support. She doesn't even have any social support. She just stays home. She takes care of her kids. And she always complains to me how it's so stressful. And she's literally going crazy. And I'm like, she doesn't go in like to any like um, resource centers or any like awareness groups, you know, like social groups. And she's like associations. And she's like, no, she doesn't know anything. And I'm and I'm like, what? Because I'm like, you know, when I I can only think about when I had my daughter, the first thing I did was go find social groups. So but I mean, different people are introverted. Different people have different personality personalities. So. I was just like, wow. And I, so I was like, well, tell her to go look for this. Tell her to, to Google, you know, an association. She has to get some kind of emotional support because she's going to literally go crazy if mm-hmm. she doesn't get that, you know. I'm like, what about, like, the gym? Does she work out? And I was just trying to help her, like, brainstorm on ways to help her friend. But it's true. Like, some people mm-hmm. just don't have that connection. And it's like, how do we get that to them, you know? Um, or they're not on social media that, and they're not seeing, like, that they don't need to be ashamed of their child. Like, that mm-hmm. that makes everything much harder. Like, you're already yeah. struggling in all these areas. And on top of that, you're, like, maybe resentful or, like, not understanding why this happened to you. And you're looking at everything from a negative perspective because you're not seeing how beautiful it can be. You just have like this perception that you probably learned from a young age. And so now that's just like your perception of your own child, especially if you have 
no resources and no community that's supporting you or like and not seeing something maybe you're not on social media you don't see all of the amazing things that you know are that are the blessing aspect of having a child with special needs you know Mm -hmm. and it's not like we're not gonna lie and sugarcoat that it's just rainbows and butterflies it's not we know but Mm -hmm. i'm sorry like being a mom is ghetto no matter what like oh my gosh (laughs) being a mom in general is hard and to be honest you can have 50 kids and they can all not have any kind of disability or diagnosis, but you never know what's going to happen to those children. You never know what situation you're going to get in. Everything could like, even if like, I had to think about this, if my daughter did not have down syndrome, who knows? She could have had another medical condition. She could have came out with no medical condition. We would have thought everything was butterflies and rainbows. And then a month or two later, a year later, she could have, gone into some kind of accident or anything you know anything can happen so i mean so yeah but i love the fact that you have grown your business and it rooted from your experience and your daughter and um i definitely am going to put your instagram in the show notes and so you guys can follow her and see her her clothing and buy some of course support small businesses um And thank you so much, Vanessa, for spending some time and just sharing your viewpoints. And I love the fact that you're a go-getter and hell yeah. Like I'm like, I'm like so a hundred percent supporting you. So thank you so much for sharing your, your journey with us and like letting us know about Amor and, and everything about you. Thank you. Well, thank you so much for the opportunity. Honestly, this was my my first podcast interview i actually have another one coming up next week Yay. which is just pretty crazy to me but it's uh really awesome to just be able to like as you're telling your story like look back and like wow like wow my yeah, girl you did it you're <laughs> doing it you're doing it like that's crazy you know so it's yes. just cool i mean it's only been a four-year you know journey for me but um yeah i'm really thankful that i got to meet you at the dear mom conference i'm thankful for your support and obviously for the interview i just i'm really excited to hear it yeah <laughs> you know what i my voice. <laughs> uh, you're you sound great and i cannot wait to catch up with you because I want to know what is going on in five years and I want to be able to see your growth and I know you're going to do it. So I have a hundred percent confidence. Yes. So, um, all right, well, I will put, um, Vanessa's information, her Instagram in the show notes, you guys can follow her and on her, um, Instagram, she does have a morcitaclothing.com. If you want to look that up on Google, you could follow her website and, I guess that's it for today. That's a wrap. Yes. Thank you so much. All right. That concludes another episode of the Talk Down Syndrome podcast. Thank you guys so much for joining me. And until next time, bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Talk Down Syndrome podcast.